things won't always go right. So yeah, I, I think uh, really caring about your people, make building trust with them, and uh, it'll go a long way to you know kind of solving potential problems. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. All right, everyone. Today we have Rick Perot, which is, he is the CEO and co-founder of Unbalance, which is, now I got it right, which is excellent landing page software. I don't even think we should bottle it up into landing page software. I'm, I'm just going to talk about software that helps you grow your business. It's conversion software that helps a lot. Is that, the, is that a better way to describe it, Rick? That's perfect. Yeah, because <laughs> there's more than just landing pages today. Yeah, no, that's excellent. Cool. Thanks, Eric. Yeah. Yeah, well, welcome back. I mean, guys, just so for everyone to know, I mean, this is Rick's second time on the show. So this is, you know, we, we I'm so grateful to have been doing this for a while where people actually come back for a second or third round. So, I, you know, Unbounce has been going through a lot of um, positive changes and I wanted to have uh, Rick back on the show. So Rick, can you kind of give everyone a refresher on kind of who you are and, and what you do? And maybe you can describe Unbounce a little better than I did. Okay, sure. No, yours, no it was excellent. But uh, yeah, we're a Canadian SaaS company. We're the market-leading landing page and conversion platform. That's how we like to describe it because it's more than just landing pages. We help you do pop-up and sticky bars. You know, so you work in anywhere that you're getting traffic to your website, you can use our solution to actually help you kind of convert leads. We started the company back in 2009. I needed landing pages. I was non-technical. And there was no solution that made it easy for me to just kind of drag and drop and build something. So we set out to solve that problem to make it easy for non-technical people, marketers, to actually create content, landing pages that they can use for their uh, marketing campaigns. Excellent. That was 10 years ago. Wow. So today, you know, we're, you know, we're still kind of known for landing pages, but a lot of our customers are using pop-ups and sticky bars. And we're looking for always looking to expand that. How do we help customers do better marketing is really kind of this mission that we're on today. Got it. Love it. I, I love to definitely dive into it to a lot of these, but I'm looking through the, the, the site right now, <laughs> Growth Everywhere. You're literally episode number five. So this means that you were on five years ago. So how were things going five years ago when you're on? So Unbounce five years ago. And then how are things going now? Oh, boy, I was so naive. I, <laughs> it was, it was uh, you know, like five years ago, we were at a, launched our product a few years earlier. And we had a lot of, you know, a lot of momentum. And uh, but we hadn't really we, you know, we hadn't pushed beyond, you know, 50 employees yet. We hadn't uh, we hadn't faced stiff competition. We hadn't. So we had a, uh, we had it pretty easy. Uh, and then things get really challenging. Things change a lot. Your roles change. you you know, as the, the market's starting to mature, there's a lot of competitors. When you get, you know, I'll tell you, you hit past 70 employees and it's a different kind of company. And now you're, you know, we're 180 something. And wow. yeah, so, uh, lots of, lots of lessons learned. Like, uh, you know, I, I definitely would think that the first five years were a lot different than the last five years. That's for sure. Where you know you're, you're a lot when you're 
a lot less rules when you're smaller and you're scrappier and when you're bigger and your decisions impact the larger people, you tend to move slower, unfortunately. It's hard to communicate. You know, it's hard to keep uh, – it's a lot of effort to keep everybody aligned when you've got you know, multiple offices, multiple floors, time zones. Uh, it was a lot easier when we were all in one room and you wanted to do an all-hands. It was like, hey, everybody, you have a minute? Yep. So, uh, yeah, no, a lot has changed then. I'd love to – if there's anything you want to dig into specifically, I'd love to – Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So I guess five years ago, I think maybe revenues were around, uh, I want to call it like four or five million or so. And then so how are you – what kind of numbers can you share around today? How are you guys doing today? Well, yeah, we'll end fiscal – uh, our fiscal year with about thirty million in revenue. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Great. And then I, I think um, I'm looking at I'm looking at the notes I wrote a couple of years ago. It's like okay, we're talking about getting the first hundred users or so. How many users do you have now? Fifteen thousand customers. So about paying customers. So yeah, I think at the time too, we've moved up market just a little bit. Like when we were talking five years ago, bulk of our customers were paying us twenty five dollars a month. Our ARPU was probably sitting up, you know. $35 a month. Now we're over $100 a month in terms of ARPU. Great. And so ARPU is just average, average revenue per user, just so everyone knows. Um, and, and so, you know what's interesting? I mean, um, are you going to be at Saster this year? Yes, likely. Okay. I will see. Uh, come, come over to our booth. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll hang out. We'll, we'll throw a little Saster there. But um, yeah, I, I guess like, being at Saster last year, like every, every person I was talking to, they're just like, Eric, you know what? You know, we're, we're going up market. Everyone's going up market, right? And so for you guys, you guys raised less than $1 million, um CAD, right? That's correct. Okay. And so uh, a lot of these people, the, the reason they're going up market is because they, they raise so much money that it's, it's hard for them to kind of grow into their, their valuation and they're kind of struggling. So for you guys, what uh, was the impetus for you guys to decide that, hey, we probably need to start going up market, probably need to start charging a little more and focusing on different tiers of, of clients? We were already getting this customer segment. They just weren't the majority. And they were paying us more, staying with us longer. They weren't churning. They had a, a higher lifetime value as a customer. Right. They were sophisticated enough that they didn't require a lot of support. And the support they required was really challenging us as from a product point of view, it was, which was really awesome. So we realized that if we could move up market a bit, we, we could attract and retain a, just a, a customer that's going to be more successful with Unbounce as our core. Like we've, we always try to support small business and but there's this element of this customer that's been around for a while. They've been doing marketing for a while. And whereas when we started the business, we had a lot of new businesses using the product. Right. And what kind of customers do you, do you focus on now? So before maybe it's like SMBs, maybe people just starting out. Like what does that segment look like now? Yeah, I'd say today uh, we, we call it the kind of big S or the M in SMB. It's, mm-hmm. We're still in the SMB space now. Yep. Now we have some big enterprises using unbounce but for the most part our our focus has has been the smb market and the higher the you know the top end of that market great okay uh, the self-service the self-service market for the most part we have a, you know we have our sales as inbound sales we have a small sales team that help uh, handhold people through an onboarding process and through a sales process but for the most part it's you know people come to unbound sign up you know use their credit card sign up for for a free trial and, and there they go Cool. And so I think one of the key points I wanted to touch upon, and we'll probably jump around. I do want to talk a little bit about marketing too, but there's, there's a point about that you made about building a people first business. So what does that mean? And what are you guys doing around that? For us, what it really meant, you know, it's, uh, we worked in places where people weren't appreciated 
And you see, unfortunately, just the, it's the mindset of some founders, and it's like people are just bums in seats, and you hire somebody to do a job, and they get paid. And, and but when I looked at businesses that were really successful, that they were market leaders, and when I look at that, it's like they were places, they were businesses where the employees genuinely cared, and they cared because the companies cared about them. And that's, you know, when we realized that early on, it was something I think we all wanted as founders. It's like, we want a place where people are going to come do their best work, care about the company. So if I'm looking, if I'm looking left, you know, there's somebody there looking right and make sure the company is being looked after. So for us, philosophically, actually, Richard Branson says it, you know, he talks about if we look after our people, they'll look after our customers. Uh, Mark Benioff from Salesforce talks a lot about how building a, their, he believes they're market leading because their employees are looking after their customers. And so we've ex- we're experiencing that by, you know, so for us, it was really about, you know, putting down some shared values and hold people accountable to those values. It's, it hasn't always been easy. It's, you know, but, and it's, it can be challenging at times, but we we always try to stay true. Like, is this, how do we grow and not, but not sacrificing our employees happiness and, you know, work satisfaction. And sometimes we got it wrong, but we really try to default and try to be there. Diversity is a big thing and looking after families and where uh, life happens. Things happen in life that you just have no control about. And sometimes it's becoming a parent, something, uh, sometimes it's just stuff that happens in your life. And we support that. You know, you can go take care of your life and not have to worry about your job. Your job will be here. And like parents, like we support, we go over and above. So in Canada, we're, we're, we're pretty, uh, we have some pretty, uh, awesome benefits when it comes to parenting, parental leave. But we also support that. I took, when I, both, both my boys, I took a month off as part of our parental program, parental leave program. So I could support my wife when my children were born. Then we do that for everyone. You know, we, uh, yeah, we're just trying to. You know, and then, you know, our benefits, we, uh, we, we, since day one, we, we thought it was really important to go, you know, support people with the kind of benefits. It's really cheap as a company to actually provide is relatively inexpensive for us to buy, uh, support our employees with benefits than it would be for an individual to go out and get those on their own. So these are things that we can do. And then just trying to create a culture where people are respected and, you know, we just don't tolerate any bullshit and backstabbing politics or anything like that. People don't last if they're coming from those environments. And but we want, you know, we we hold people accountable, but then we, you know, we try to, hey, this is what we're trying to achieve. That's another thing. We really try to set up an environment. And here sometimes we get it wrong as well, but we're really trying. It's like, how do we set up an environment where as founders, as executives, we say, here's what we're here's where we're trying to go. And then the team comes up with the solutions and they own it and they run with it. And to me, that's that's like, you know, as a I know when I had those opportunities many years ago, starting my career, that was job satisfaction. It's like, boy, this is my idea. I get to run with this thing. I'm accountable for it. So really supporting people that way. Cool. Yeah. We're just, you know, and I go back actually as a new dad, relatively new dad, it's just like, I really dig it in. How do we support families better? In fact, we have a summer party. We have our anniversary party. We're coming up this summer will be our 10 year anniversary of Unbounce. And it's, it's for the whole family. And it's, we've always said the Christmas party is going to be the party for, uh, you know, for unbounced employees. And, but the, the summer party, that's where bring your kids and, uh, we'll make it very family friendly. Nice. I love it. Yeah. So you talked about a little bit about the benefits, um, kind of, you know, some of the events that you do, what are uh, maybe some other kind of, just so kind of people can grasp onto like, cause I know that you, you do a lot more than, um, just a couple of things that you mentioned, maybe, maybe like the, the team building activities that you guys do. What are some culture elements that you guys have in the office? Like, what do you do so people can kind of maybe steal? <laughs> well, actually one of the big things we do, I don't, you, 
we don't even know about our conference. We have our conference we do every year. Oh yeah. And yeah. So we hold a marketing conference. We just did our fifth year. So it's, it, it's, it's, it's an awesome event in Vancouver, but the whole company gets involved and we bring in employees. So we have remote employees. We have an office in Berlin. We fly everybody together and it's a week that we all spend together and, uh, yeah. And share in this one moment where everybody gets to interact with customers and partners and, and, uh, it's something we, we, we look at and we, we support every, uh, every year, other things in terms of ideas you can steal. <laughs> I think we stole a lot of ours uh, as well, but no, it's just really looking around and just, uh, having respect for people's time and every company is a little different and your needs are all a little different. Uh, totally. But, uh, yeah, you know, just kind of, you know, we don't, we don't have strict work hours per se. Like we have, you know, you gotta be in to be there, be present, but there's some flexibility about when you do, I was, I always say like, just come in and do an honest day's work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, and then you have some flexibility on when you're going to do that. And if you hire the right people, you're never going to have a problem. And sometimes they're going to work from home. Sometimes they're going to come in at 11 because they had to deal with life in the morning. But if you, again, if you have the right people, they're going to, they're going to respect what you're offering them. You treat them as adults. They'll act like adults and, uh, and they'll, they'll deliver. And yeah, but as I would say, we got all the same things all that every other tech startup has <laughs> food in the fridge and coffee and beer Fridays. We have a social Friday. But actually, actually, I say with founders, actually still today, I meet with all our new employees. And if I can't, one of the other founders are doing that. And it's and then do regular check-ins. We do one-on-ones. Like founders, we encourage actually all like our, our management to have one-on-ones with their team. We actually have this kind of formal process to for providing feedback to um, from management to employees. Again, going back to that work satisfaction, making sure people know where the careers are going. These are the things that are really easy to forget about when you're starting. And I'll be honest, we never got any of that right. Right. It wasn't we had we hired some really good people in culture, some people who came in with some experience there and really helped us do that. But it's so important because yeah, sure, people want to come in, they want to hustle, they want to work hard and uh, part of a small exciting team, but they also need to know where their career is going. They 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 need structured feedback. They need a lot of this stuff. So that's actually really important even when you're small. And uh, feedback, you know, the, your employees will really appreciate that if you can create an environment where they have feedback. Yeah. And actually, I'll be honest with you, from a founder point of view, being in there and building an environment where and trust with employees where they feel it's a safe place to give feedback. So I'll tell you, as you scale, there's going to be some really – not everything's going to go well. And there's going to be, you know, some really screwed up stuff going on in your company sometimes. And you might not know about it, but I, I guarantee you will you will see the negative outcomes of that. Maybe it's good people leaving and you don't know why. And But if you can create an environment where you, you're walking around, you build relationships with everybody, like really true relationships with your employees when things are really bad and they're, you know, that that's not visible, they'll come and tell you. And that's so important. So you can just put out that fire, you know, say, you know, maybe it's saving a hire or, you know, maybe it's getting a team productive again. Maybe it's providing some, yeah, it just, it's cause things won't always go right. So yeah, I, I think uh, really caring about your people, make building trust with them and uh, it'll go a long way to, you know, kind of solving potential problems. Totally hear that. And actually I think you, you kind of alluded a little earlier I and mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like, you know, you're, you guys maybe have like this no asshole policy where it doesn't matter if they do really great work, you know, you guys are still going to find to, you know, find a way to get rid of them quickly. 
you can't live by our values. Yeah, you, you just can't. Like there's other places, you know, it's just we, 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 we want people to do great work. We want we want to work hard. We want to but not at the expense of people's respect and dignity. And, and, you know, you, you gotta, you, you gotta respect each other. And some people can't, they come into these environments and they're just like, Rah! and they're like, they crush everybody around them to get to where they want to go. And that doesn't, that doesn't happen. That doesn't last at those. Love it. Well, so, you know, one of the key points too, I mean, you guys look growing to 30 million, let's just call it 30 million ARR. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. So what what are you doing nowadays that's working really well for you in terms of customer acquisition? So I, I think, I imagine you doing the conference for five years has to be working, obviously, but what else? Well, you know what that does? I, I still, I look back. It's funny, that was, uh, it was a question that comes up a lot. I think fundamentally, word of mouth is still a big thing for us. It still is what drives, uh, it, it, you know, it's still what uh, drives a lot of our new trial starts every month. So for when we started the company, for the most we had no money. So it wasn't that we, we, we couldn't do any paid channels. We couldn't do any kind of paid partnerships or anything. So we, we started a blog. And uh, I mean, that's how we got our first customers was through our blog. And then from that, that evolved to content, uh, writing an ebook, focusing really on quality stuff. And I'd say fundamentally, that's still what we're doing. It's evolved, and now if we do an ebook, where our distribution reach is much greater, we partner with with uh, other like-minded uh, companies in the space. But we're still doing a lot of the same, fundamentally, some of the same things. And now we have a paid budget as well. We, you know, we buy Google AdWords, and but uh, yeah, so it's it really it's, it's it has been actually thought leadership. It's been I think at our core of what we've set out to do. So some companies might choose to create tons of content. We chose to create a little bit of really good, what we hope is really good content. We were doing our best to make it really good content and that people would share. Is this good enough that someone's going to read it and share it? And that's always been our thing. So today, you know, in the early days, it was our blog. Today it's evolved. You know, we do podcasts and webinars and we have community. We have, you know, our conference. We do a lot more stuff like this. And that just helps drive uh, word of mouth, to be honest. And yeah, it just uh, drives interest and trust in our brand. So that's uh, yeah. Actually, one of the things we're we're actually just about to launch a partner program, which is something. That if there was a new thing that we haven't, we've always kind of talked we wanted to do, uh, but we just if there's something really new that we're kind of kicking off is actually a partner program, which is a revenue share program. And I know a lot of our peers have been have had these for. I've had these sort of programs in place. It's something we had never done. So it's actually something we're launching next week. So that's, uh, this is actually something pretty new for us. We're pretty excited about, especially now that we, there's so much, we have a lot of data now of many years of SaaS B2B companies who are utilizing partner programs to grow. So yeah. Where have you drawn the inspiration for the, the partner program from? Cause I know there's a ton out there, but, but who do you think is doing it really well? I think for us, it's, it's ones who are really focused on, aligning finding like-minded companies you know we always when we talk about employees about the kind we don't want it, we also feel kind of the same way about partners and we really look for you know we want to work with partners uh, which was actually something we've always done i don't know if you know we, we do a lot of integration partners through and some of them we've done natively with uh, hubspot and marketo and salesforce and then many that we've done with Zapier. And we look to that the same with our partner program. I think we, we're, we're really trying to connect with like really like-minded people so that we're actually sending 
customers that really get value from Unbounce. Love it. Okay, great. It's, I guess you know the, the the other thing that I wanted to talk about too, uh, kind of well, working towards wrapping up here. I, actually, you touched upon this. So, so talk about gender diversity. How does that apply? Is that a conscious effort you guys put in place, or did it kind of just happen? Because in some cases, like I look at like diversity for some of my friends' company, I look at my company. Sometimes it kind of just happens, but in other cases, it's it's a lot more kind of focused. So, what did you guys do? I, it started, I think, kind of grassroots. It became an issue. Top, you know, uh, inclusive. Uh, an incident happened at the company that got us talking about not everybody is, you know, not everybody likes the same things. And, and it got us thinking about, you know, we talk, we call it beer Friday, but at the end of the day, a lot of people here don't drink beer and, you know, are we being inclusive? Are we being, and especially around women, like we had never really taken a conscious effort in the early days, but we realized that, you know, we interview, uh, maybe our interview style, like the company was started by, you know, six men and we had never really thought through having systems in place that make sure that we weren't looking through interview processes and the way we behave in in the company that it was like you know the six buddies right and uh so it actually started kind of grassroots and we what we realized though especially as i i started digging into this a little bit it's like i mean companies that are, are more gender diversity with more the, the more gender diversity you have the more creative these companies are, the more profitable these companies are, and they're happier places to work. As a CEO, I was like, That's, we want some of that, you know? Yeah, yeah. We want to create a space. And to be honest with you, I mean, tech, it's, 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 you know, it's got a pretty bad reputation uh, at times for a place where, you know, for women to go work. And we just didn't want to be part of that problem. We, In fact, we wanted to, I'll be honest, once I had children, that affected me. And I was like, you know what? I want to set an example for my boys right. that, you know, uh, and, and part that's really driving me personally. But yeah, we, it, it, we, we just wanted to, yeah, I think it aligned with the founders. We just, again, when we founded the company, this wasn't top of mind, but as it became an issue at Unbounce uh, and in the market that we're in, in tech, and it really became a lot of headlines about practices in other companies, we said, no, 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 we want to set an example. And we just thought it would be, that's in line with the founders wanting to create a place where people can do great work. So it's something we've focused on, We you know, everything from our hiring practices to uh, just actually, I think what we've done, what most importantly, is we made it okay to have these conversations and to make this a conversation that's okay to have, which in a lot of companies, it's not. And uh, so that I think we started there. And yeah, from there, it's just like we continue to just make small improvements. And yeah, that's actually something I'm actually quite proud of. As for as far as a tech company goes, we got like 45% of our, our employees are women. 32% of all leaders at Unbounce are women. When I look around our executive team, uh, there are women. And that certainly wasn't the case in the early days. So it's something that you know we've, we've made a lot of uh, progress for and and what's actually awesome, especially in a competitive market like Vancouver, where it's we have a lot of competition for hiring talent, this is something that young people today, they want to work for a company that shares their values. And diversity is one of those things that's important to them. So if you can show that you're really making strides to be a diverse company, they're, they're going to choose you over a company that's not, even if that company is paying way more. So it's really helps us and it's, it, it makes us, it makes us a more attractive place to work. So uh, certainly as a startup is something I definitely, uh, I would, uh, put that as part of our founding DNA 
And because uh, boy, hiring talent, that's a challenge. Yep. hundred percent. And the thing is this, I mean, it's, it's the right thing to do. Right. And then yep. the, the second thing is obviously it helps with retention. It helps with getting the right people. So it just seems like the necessary thing to do. Right. Yeah. And boy, you know, I'll tell you, you come into work and you have people who are, you know, they tell you that they're really proud to work there because we care about this. I make it just, it, it feels good. It feels like we're actually having a small positive impact on the world. Yep. Hundred percent. Cool. So working towards wrapping up here, uh, just a couple more questions. So, you know, I asked this last time, even in episode five of Growth Everywhere. But uh, what is one big struggle you faced while growing the business? Maybe in the last five years, what's one big kind of obstacle you ran into? Alignment. I, I had touched on safe space feedback already. I'd say alignment's a really big one. And you and there's another one where you don't know it until it really hits you in the face. Like it's really hard to keep. At least it was for us. We found that, and and when it, it it's really hard to keep us keep an organization as you you know as you get uh, multiple floors, multiple time zones, and when as CEO you you can't as with 180 people, 180 people aren't your you're just not really uh, you know you're not socializing with every one of those people on a regular basis. It's a lot easier when you're 30, 40, but. Uh, so it's really hard to actually keep everyone aligned. And I'll tell you something, it's, it's something we still struggle with, that communication, how do we, how best to communicate, how often to communicate. And for all our efforts, it's still something that's a challenge. And once you, once you pass that you know, 40, 50, once you get into that 60, 70, 80, you start seeing those cracks. And they're real, and they have big impacts because – you know, you, if you have half your engineering think you're going left, but you really want to go right, and it's just, mm-hmm. you know, one thing that got said that was misunderstood, and so yeah, it's uh, again important to go back, just, just try to build relationships, you know, communicate on mass, but you have to really dig in as well, and it it takes a lot of effort, and I still don't think we have it quite 100 percent where it needs to be. Uh, we're still struggling with that a bit, but uh, definitely that is something that will happen at scale. Like when you're, it is a different company at 180 people than it is at 50 people. That transition, especially as founders, it's like, it's, you think it's, oh, it's your company, it's your baby. We don't have these problems. Yeah, you do. And you do. And, you got, and once, once you admit you're going to actually have those problems or going to have those problems, you, you can, uh, you can tackle them. But, uh, that's definitely, definitely been a challenge. Cool. So, Two more questions here. What is one new tool that you've added in the last year that's added a lot, of, a lot of value to your life? So it could be like you know you got these sunglasses, a nice bike, or it could be like a new app. Can it be not an app? Yeah, it could be anything you want it to be. All right. So probably the most important thing I've done in ten years of Unbounce is get a coach. Okay. And at first, I was resistant. I was like, hey, I know my business better than anyone else. I don't need help walking through these problems. And I'll tell you, I got an exec coach. And you can get them at every level. And I got an exec coach. It's changed my life. And I wish I had done that day one. Because you're going to go through challenges as a founder that you've never faced before. And you and your co-founders are going to look at each other like deer in the headlight. You're not going to, you know, it's, it's, you, you, you think the world is ending and stuff. But reality is if you can talk this through with someone who's who's seen this before and it's been life-changing so yeah it's get a coach how did you find this coach friend of friend my coach is actually one of our co-founders dads okay who's actually a professional coach there you go 
it's it that might sound a bit awkward but it's actually been awesome so yeah and uh you know it's funny as i ask around my peers and i said yeah you know i just got a coach it's been amazing and it's like oh yeah i've got a coach yeah and what, what do you mean you've got a coach and like I, I learned this and i realized that a lot of people that i look up to and respect it's like they have coaches but yet it's not one of those things we talk about in your top to-do list right it's yeah but yeah it's been life-changing love it all right final question from my side what is one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone the last book I read that, uh, from an entrepreneur business point of view, sure, was uh, Rand Fishkin's Lost and Founder. Great book. Yeah, Rand was just on again. He, so he was the second guest too. So uh, yeah, it, that's funny. He, I think he was like the second or third one on this podcast. You're the, you're number five. So it, it's like it aligns perfectly. Oh, interesting. Okay, no, I uh, what a great read. Lots of little gems, especially as an entrepreneur, because right? he's so open about failures and challenges and you know some really tough stuff that he's gone through and he shares it all so that's uh yeah i i think for for your audience that's definitely a must read perfect well rick this has been fantastic what's the best way for people to find you online rick perot at on twitter and write me an email uh rick at unbounce all right awesome eric this, this has been fun Everyone, make sure to go check out Unbounce. They got a lot of cool stuff going on. They've changed a lot since I was using them in the early days. Uh, definitely check it out. Rick, thanks again for doing this. All right. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.